Welcome back to the Trekway again with Mr. Grey and I, as the siren goes wheeling past. Thank you, Mr. Ambulance. Um, <laughs> it's back for another review, uh, of course, of Picard, and we're very delighted because we're really enjoying this this series at the moment. Uh, this is episode Thank four. God. Yes, yep. called No Win Scenario, also directed by Jonathan Frakes. He makes the best stuff. He directs the best stuff. And he's in it a lot, actually, Grey, so... Like yeah. I hope, I hope his backup. Well, his backup was decent because the whole episode was good. So he's obviously sure. picked, or he's got a, an assistant director that he really likes. We like him directing, yeah, don't you, we? So usually, when a director has a, a second, he picks a guy that is. So really you normally good, can pick one. it. Then it's not given to you. You can go. Oh, I would oh, like this person. No, no. Directors usually have total control on their good. on their picks for assistant or, or first. There's also second directors. First director, second director. Second Do we know who the second director is for this? Because we should find that out. Because yeah, we sh- yeah we should. Uh, and basically, people don't know how what how that works sometimes, especially motion pictures. If the director basically has the the vision of the whole project, but then there might be there might be something like uh, uh, a scene maybe with the the secondary stars where they are talking or doing whatever they're doing. So the main director will t- tell the first director, "Listen, you go shoot that scene." You know what I like. You know what to do. Go shoot that scene while I'm paying attention to the main stars on on uh, on this scene. Yeah. So that director will go off and handle that scene, which saves time, so that the main director doesn't have to do it. So those little things like that. And cool. then when you star in a show like Frakes is doing, you can't direct yourself. It's impossible. So his first, if he trusts him, will remind him, you know, hey, you know, do this, do that, or whatever, and and he, you know, he goes along with all that and stuff so that's how that kind of works in tv and motion pictures stuff. there you go you heard it here first from mr gray who's worked in the entertainment business before um yep um i was even i was even a director but not for uh motion pictures but it was uh i did a corporate videos and stuff um ah. so i had to write the corporate videos and then block it out and then i would go and i would be director of a crew so I would have two or three cameras, and I would just say, "Take camera one, take camera two, stand by." Or two. like you shut, just leave, just leave, please go home. Yeah, <laughs> it was fun. Know. I didn't get to, I didn't get to do it that often, oh. but I did get to do it. I also got to run main camera on, on a couple of uh, uh, major high school football games. Pretty pretty cool. Off oh, man. So uh, that was fun. Uh, football meaning American, American football. football. When he says uh, it's his football, if I say it, it's my football. It's easy. See, yeah. what an easy way to understand it. Cheers. Okay, everybody. Cheers. <laughs> anyway, right. So, kick off. We'll kick off. Um, I, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this episode. So, we'll break it down, and it'll be interesting to see what the scores are at the end of it. Um, so, we were doing this uh, time jump thing, which, when done correctly, is when I say time jump, they're not literally time jumping. They'll go back to the past to explore a moment or a scene. And they do this yeah. here, and it, and it fits to the episode, so they're not doing it for the sake of it. Uh, they're in this 10 forward bar now. This 10 forward bar's in this quite a bit, uh, in hollow representation yeah. and actual the, the the 10 forward. Now, that's that's coming from the Enterprise D, so they must have literally built one on Earth for all the cadets and stuff to go into 
but instead of calling it 10 forward, just call it 10 forward bar because it's so famous and it looks nothing mm-hmm. like actually 10 forward. It looks more like a proper bar or pub, doesn't it? I like it. Yeah, I mean... I'd go there for a pint. I mean, they had it... Obviously, uh, Guinan had her bar and it was on the Enterprise, but it didn't look exactly like this. This, this bar was more of a throwback old bar as compared to one that was kind of half and half on the D. Yeah. On the Enterprise D. Yeah. But uh, but either way, it's it's significant, so that's what counted. Remember season two of Picard with young Guinan? What? Season two of what? I know, I know, I know. He doesn't <laughs> like me talking about this. Young Guinan was there with a 10-forward yeah. bar, which shouldn't have really been there, but because she lives so old. So there was a 10-forward bar from round about now-ish all the way through to the future, which I love the thought of. Yeah. Um, but yes. Yeah, the so- only thing that bums me out about that, now that you brought it up, is the fact that oh. because they used Whoopi Goldberg in season two, she couldn't be in this one. And I kind of wanted to see... Kind of is part of the crew, yeah. yeah maybe, she has, maybe she has... And, maybe we don't know. Yeah, we would have heard something, but maybe, maybe. That'd be great. We want a couple of surprises. I like a couple of surprises. I don't like to hear at all. I like to be like, wow, I don't see that coming. So, yeah. Um, well, speaking of a couple of surprises, if you, I don't know if you want to mention it now or later. Not, it has nothing to do with the episode, so I'm not spoiling anything. But I don't know if, the, if you people out there have been watching the series and you watch the end. So when the episode ends, it actually oh, goes credits. into the open. Yeah. That's not the credits. No, it's the open of the show. They do a mini open at the beginning. That is not the real open of the oh, show. The real okay. open of the show is at the end. And then after the open of the show at the end comes the end credits. Anyway, so at this opening at the end of the show, you see all kinds of you know, the music is uh, the new theme is playing. It's great. And they're just going overall. But if you really pay attention to some of the things that are going by, you can see things that are going to be happening. There's a the Voyager, original not- Voyager's there. Right. So there's a scene where they talk about the Frontier Day and they talk about the basically the, the Space Museum or Starfleet Museum or whatever they're yeah. calling it. Um, and then as they, it's very quick sometimes, but as you go through it, I froze two pictures and I had sent them to Trev. He saw it. And in one shot, you clearly see at the top and it tells you where in the station, the space station or the museum, these ships are. So it's like a map. So you see USS Voyager, the original, at the top. The next one is USS Pioneer, which I don't remember off the top of my head. However, it's, it is named after it rings old, a bell. Uh, Na- NASA satellite, by the way, or NASA yeah. probe. One of the first probes that went out. Um, and then you have the USS 1701A Enterprise is next. No bloody so you know B, you're gonna, C, D, or so, No, no. So you're going to see the Voyager. You're going to see 1701A. And then I didn't notice it because it, they fuzz it out so fast. I'm looking at the fourth ship, and I'm going, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I have to sit there, and I have to freeze the frame. And finally, I see it, USS Excelsior, which is Sulu's ship. And he was captain. Nice. So that's, a, that's there at the idea. bottom. So. It's a great idea, isn't it? It really is a great idea. Now uh, that they have teased us, they have teased us with all this, you better show me that freaking museum. And I want to see every ship. Yeah. Yeah, listen, if we have one episode where there's not a single bit of CGI to save the budget just for these ships, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'll take the hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It doesn't uh, have to be a super long shot, but I want to see a nice couple seconds at least. Don't just uh, go boop, 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 boop. I want to see a couple seconds of each ship. That'll be Starship Porn, mate. 
you, you know, and you know the D is going to be there because they already showed the models, right, in the show, and they go like, "Oh, nobody wants those." Well, uh, the saucer anyway. The, the other bits went completely, hasn't it? Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> just be a saucer. Be a saucer just sitting there. Be like, "That's a UFO. What's going on?" There's no. Hey, look, we 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 know even today they recreate. You know, they have to reconstruct things original as they were original. For instance, like uh, Kitty Hawk and, and the Wright brothers. Right? You think the plane that hangs up in the museum was the original? Yeah, some parts of it are definitely original, no doubt. But a bunch of parts are not, so they had to basically, you know, fabricate to the specs yeah. as best they possibly could, and Makes that's sense. just that's common. So they would be able to do that in Starfleet and just yeah. take a saucer section that's completely empty on the inside. Take it from another galaxy class. Yeah. on the bottom. Yeah, there's other galaxy yeah. classes. And you don't even have to have any. And, right, and technically, you don't even have to have any insides to it, or not much. Yeah. And just throw it on. And up to date, yeah. and up to date, a, a, a new version of the Enterprise D, like like the Neo Constitution. If there was like yeah. a Neo Galaxy class, I'd be like, oh yes, updated modern tech. Yes. Now tell me, tell me, you wouldn't Jones out on this if, if this if this happens. I don't know if it's going to. Well, if, uh, there'd be, I would there'd be naughty I... things happening to me, but I can't well, say on the <laughs> podcast if that happens. I'd be like, yep. <laughs> so what I'm hoping happens somewhere like at the very last episode. Or whatever, or maybe the last shot, something like that. Mm. I want to see the entire TNG on the bridge of the D. I think that would be a great closing scene to see them walk out and just kind of take their positions for the hell of it, and then it just ends right there with them on the bridge. Very, I hope we see very that, well. Man. There's that a, would be there's a very decent chance it will happen because and Terry we trust Terry's a diehard like us, and yep. if he wants it, if we want it, he wants it. Yeah. So, and the fact we're going to see these old ships anyway, what a great idea for the museum. Well done, Terry. Jesus, genius. Anyway, the only, right. the only, the only way we might not see it, and I hope this is not the reason, would be that they would have to reconstruct the entire bridge of the D, which I don't know if still if if it's still around anymore. I don't think it is. So they would have to rebuild it Expense, exactly the way it was. Yeah. Or they could just do a green screen for a one-off, mate. For a one-off. Yeah, yeah, but you'll notice it. The the bridge is too dang big to put everybody. Well, uh, what do you do though? Uh, anyway, right. Anyway, we're 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 barely a sentence and we're we're, uh, we're that's because is, we're so excited about what we're seeing. This is, this is yeah, this is the biggest di divergent we've had <laughs> yet. I think. Anyway, right. So we do start um, five years back in this ten forward bar, the original ten forward bar, uh, and some young officers come up to Picard, who's just trying to sit down and have a bloody meal in peace. <laughs> And they come up and yeah. they're, they're wanting some of the classic stories, aren't they, Greg? And he's about yeah. like, I, I, just let me eat, man. Come on. But they're like, come on, Admiral Picard, please. He's all right, okay. And then he starts talking about the Herogen and a time that he fought them and, and, and dealt with them. And I'm thinking, oh, wow, the Herogen are now in the Alpha Quadrant. Now, it's a very small thing, Greg. But mm. I like the fact that they were a big deal in Voyager. They 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 kicked yeah. Voyager's ass. They they were one of the guys that could stand up to Voyager and the power. So the fact that they've now made it into the Alpha Quadrant in some shape or form, and they've been up against Picard, I I, I like this. So maybe we might see them again in the future. That would be cool. It's nice to know that when they do slip cannon in, this is like a totally new cannon. Nobody knew this. Where'd this story come from? Everybody starts going like, was that in TNG originally? You know? No. <clears throat> no. Excuse me. And it wasn't. No. So it was kind of cool to hear, you know, like, oh, okay. 
Yeah, I was a big fan of that. We'll take that. You're not pissing all over Canon. You're adding new Canon, and it's done correctly, yeah. and uh, no complaints. Um, Gray's Gray gave this a really high score, which we'll get to the end. I think at least one point of this is because a certain person wasn't in this episode at all. Would that be correct, Gray? Well, that is one reason. <laughs> Who's missing that you you I... you absolutely adore to bits? No, Rafi. I couldn't. I was. I was. No Warf. No Warf either, man. Well, no. I. I mean, I miss Warf. I don't. You know, but he did have his time to shine, and he will later in the series. We know. Um, But man, no, Rafi was just just great. I was just got. Oh God, great! I don't have to sit there and worry about cutscenes to her. None of that garbage. Uh, Every time it went. You know. Every time it went to her and Metallus Prime, I went. Oh. A little bit of me died inside. <laughs> it's kind. Of, it's kind of like here's the here it is, right? The bar. I won't drop right And then Rafi then. comes on. It goes. Oh, it starts going like this, and then oh, oh, and, and then Worf comes on, and it goes up again, but it can't quite get to the top again because Rafi's still there with Worf. Because Rafi's still there. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. So she's not on it. She is doing better in this season, but she's not on it. So I, I'm happy with that. I'll take that. I'm just you know spoiler alert. They get out of the nebula eventually, and I'm glad because we don't spend too long in that bloody nebula. Um. But yeah, so story time with the cards over. They jump back to the present again, uh, and it's basically uh, leaving, uh, continuing on from the last episode where Riker was a bit nasty to Picard and was very over dramatic, which people thought it was maybe a changeling. I don't think he's a changeling because we'll get to that. No, um, I just think he had a bad moment. Um, they've only got a few hours of power left. Typical. Riker's asking questions, oh, can we do this? Can we do that? And put all the power here and blah, blah, blah. And basically everyone's like, listen, mate, we're screwed. Like, just stop asking to do things. We're screwed. There's no power. I'm not Scotty. I can't do it. Um, That's you know, he, he could. He could be like, we've got no power. I've got loads of power. I'm just not going to say anything. Um, so he's like, listen, just stick it all into life support then. That makes sense. And shut everything down. Now, despite shutting everything down and people going to their safe zones, it seems like too much of that ship is... Small thing, tiny thing, great. Too many bits of that ship are still lit up like a bloody Christmas tree inside. So I'm like... Mm-hmm. Okay, but, oh, wait a minute now. Let, there's, there's a logic behind this one now. Let's, and, I'll, and I'll correlate it to today. Right. Years ago when we had incandescent light bulbs, right? Yeah. They, used to, they would suck up a crap load of electricity, right? Then came out the fluorescence. Then came out the LEDs that take zero power practically. So you got to know that Starfleet has these things running on no, almost I'm ta- zero power. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about life support. The air yeah. that comes with it, the heating that comes with yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, in, it seemed to me, in too many areas of the ship. Maybe I'm wrong, but... Maybe they had those yellow, you know, energy efficient stickers stuck on the walls that tells you how well your electric goes. <laughs> yeah, and they're like they're, they're like glow in the dark as well. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> but anyway, it's a tiny thing that doesn't ruin episode at all for me, uh, and I may be wrong. Yeah. Riker actually does go and see Picard, and they're both trying to apologize to one another, which I thought this would this was how it was going to roll, and it did. Yeah, Riker was like, "Listen, just take my word for it." We don't have much time left. Go and speak to your son. Get to know him because, you know, it's, it's game over, man. So you have to do something quick. Right. And he does. He goes to speak to his son. Now, we're with Commander Seven, or that's a little Trojan horse for later on. That's that's a key, that line there, Commander Seven, instead of Commander Hansen. Um, she's on the hunt for this changeling. Uh, and if anyone's going to go chasing a changeling, 
I want it to be one of three people, or one of four people, her, Odo, Worf, or Shax, and she went after this changeling, so I knew eventually she'd end up finding our man. Um, but it was a bit or, ground. Or thing. Or thing, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's a, it's a man thing, isn't it? So he's still male, I guess. Um, to, she finds the original transport officer uh, the, the the changeling copied. He's 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 dead. He's gone. He's dead, Jim. Uh, Ensign Foster yep. is the guy's name. Um, and one of the lockers just pops out dead. Been dead for a while, by the looks of it. Um, Seven goes to Riker and tells him what's happened. And what I found surprising initially, although I got the idea for it, Riker was like, "Keep this quiet. Let's not." I got very vibes of Star Trek Six: Undiscovered Country here. Was it six there with the boot? And it's like, let's keep it quiet and play into a trap and let's try and find out the person that was causing the sabotage yeah. on, on, on the Klingon ship. This is what Riker's doing, essentially. Let's keep it quiet. Let's use this to advantage. I could reinstate you back in to command, but I won't do that so that people know that you're in the lay low and you can go and do your thing. So thought, smart yeah. thinking here. You know, she can uh, stay the lone wolf and figure out what's going on. I do what's best. Like, if you still get those tubular man, just assimilate his ass. Man. Um, <laughs> but could you assimilate? Uh, can you assimilate uh, a changeling? Hmm. Interesting. I'd like I don't know. To the know. Borg has. I don't know if the Borgs actually tried that. So there's some well, things. I think if they, they went to the Great Link, do. they would get. I think if they went to the Great Link, the Great Link would just bust up that cube man. Like, I don't think they'd stand a chance. I, I that would be it kind of interesting. But then again, it would be kind of interesting. What if the changelings got aboard of some cubes and just turned themselves into Bork-looking things? Yeah, they could do yeah, yeah, Techni- yeah. Technically, they could do it. Interesting. Who knows? You know? Who knows what will happen? Um, but yeah, so keep, they keep it quiet. They keep it stum. Don't say nothing. Um, and <laughs> Gray mentions here, change your name to Sneaky Seven. Like, what is, is this a is this a demotion or a promotion? Like, I, I... no, no, just a joke. <laughs> Sneaky Seven, the SS. Ah, uh, that's another joke. Uh, so Picard goes out to the hall deck. Now he's wanting to speak to Jack. He's wanting to get to know him a little bit better. They go to the bar together, but it's a hollow representation. Now I haven't stated this somewhere, and I meant to. Maybe I have. No, I have. I, I do it in the next bit. Thank God for that. Um, he goes to the holiday with Jack and they're going to have a little drink. Um, hard ask him if he's ever been to that bar, actually. And he quickly says no, but with a question mark. And we will come back to that later because it's cool how they actually play this. Yeah. Turns out Ricard Jr. doesn't like the same drink his old man drinks. He's not a wine buff. He likes cheap, nasty whiskey. And it happens to be Jameson's, which is Irish whiskey. And I'm sure if there's anyone that loves whiskey and or Irish, you'll probably slate me for that. I think Jameson's is probably better than the that they gave it. But it wasn't Scotch, so go and screw it. And when I say Scotch, the Scotsman, I mean Scottish whiskey. I don't mean just any whiskey. I know you Americans call Scotch as just whiskey, which is a compliment, I think. But uh, yeah. it's Irish stuff, which is second best. Anyway, details. Here it's mostly whiskey or... Or bourbon. Bourbon is just another form of whiskey. It's, Ameri- it's American whiskey. We Bourbon is American whiskey for us. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, nasty whiskey. He likes it. Nasty on the rocks. Uh, the whiskey, that is. Um, 
<laughs> and then I never even noticed, I was blind to this, Gray noticed that Bacard joined them for a drink as well. Right? I never ever saw, very rarely did I ever see Bacard drinking on PNG, if at all. So, oh, no, the odd time with Scotty, he done it once. And he's knocking yeah. back and he's like, who do you think gave that you know, yep. to Guy and it was me, you know, so. Nice little touch. Yeah, just, yeah. you like could see him. He was poor, cause I, and one of the reasons you can tell is not just the fact that I saw him pour it, but also you don't put ice in wine. And they both had glasses with ice. I, I do. Sorry. You put ice in wine? If it's not cold and I need to chill it quickly. If it's warm. Oh, man. But I'm not a wine drinker, but I do know that most people that drink wine go like, what? Yeah, you but white wine's supposed to be cold. But, but, but it takes time to chill. Anyway, we digress. Well, yeah, but you water down the wine, see? So t- the taste changes completely. You just got to let it get cold quickly, then drink it quickly. <laughs> Key. Anyway, right. Yeah. So, <laughs> one thing I loved, and this would have taken it down half a point for me, because Gray knows what I'm like. Stickler mm-hmm. for and he And Gray's a bit like this as well, to be fair. The attention to detail here on one small thing. Soon as they go into the hollow deck, I immediately go, "What? How much juice does that thing run on? Is your energy company know yeah. about this? Like you're cutting down everything and energy expense. Yep. Or what the hell is going on?" And I'm typing this initially, and I went, "Right, let's give the scene a bit more time." And they do explain that. Hollow Deck has, because they, this this was Terry, man, I'm telling you, even if he didn't write it, he made sure it was in there. One line of dialogue, Hollow Decks use a separate cell because in times of duress, like now, they have somewhere to go to enjoy and forget about the world while the shit hits the fan and they implode in a matter of hours, which I thought was genius. That makes yeah, so I much thought, sense. Uh, yeah. So, I thought the writing on that was excellent. That makes total sense. I mean, if you truly are in that desperate a situation where it looks like that's it and you're just going to blow up, what do you want to just stand around? Some people are definitely going to want to go smashed. to the holodeck and just and take a look at the sunset or whatever they're going to do, you know, yeah. to make them feel better. So that made total sense. So it so it runs on its own battery backup. <laughs> One line <laughs> of dialogue that other Star Trek series right. before could have put in, but didn't. Right. And the old guys would have not put that in. They would have just went in the holodeck and not explained nothing. And right. yeah, so thank you. Well done. Whoever actually wrote this episode, well done. Um, yep. So yeah, um, there was a lovely comment that I thought, I knew it was coming. I didn't actually, I didn't see this coming, Gray. Uh, mm-hmm. Jack ask Picard the question. So let's, you know, let's address the elephant in the room. And I thought he was going to talk about father-son thing. And he went, the uh, hair. But when does it go? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and Picard's like, what's that? He's like, he's like, oh, you're about 23, 24. He's like, enjoy it well you can. Because Picard <laughs> lost it as a young man and it's probably going to happen soon to him. You, you liked that line as well, didn't you, Gray? Oh, yeah, I thought it was great. Just the way he said it, he already knew that, oh, God, I'm going to lose it pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. That was good. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Um, the Jack mentions Metallus 4, and I note here, not another Terry planet, but, you know, it's a system, as Gray states here, it is a, a system with more than one planet in it, so we just call it the Terry system. I'm just going to call it the Terry system. I mean, that's kind of nice to why not? You should have just called the planets like Terry 1, Terry 2, Terry 3. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, he can have it. He can have a whole bloody galaxy, man. He, he saved yeah. He saved this whole thing from being a write-off, kind of. Um, yep. 
so yeah, I'm happy with that, Metalis 4. Um, now, as we kind of progress on slowly but surely, 7 actually goes to see Shaw, which I, I didn't see coming, I'll be honest with you, man. It, she's... Yeah. They, they, those two are not really talking that well, and, and even by the end of the episode, they're still not best of mates, but he, he suggests... when the thing about Shaw is, he may be a dick, but he's a smart dick, and he doesn't get to where he is in his career without knowing a thing or two. He actually gives Seven some advice and suggests that um, Changelings could actually be caught out by just asking them simple questions that only the original would know, the original person and the person speaking to them. Oh, that makes sense, because they can copy you, uh, but they can't copy your memory, so... Right. And they, now, only, they only know as much as they have access to. Exactly, and that catches them out. Thank God they need to. You, every every species needs a weakness, otherwise they're just too OP. Sure. Um, so he suggests as well that look for the receptacle, the pot that they all uh, reside in to rest in their liquid state to recover, the equivalent of sleeping, I guess, so that they can hold themselves in their solid form for longer. Uh, he hands over a pad to uh uh seven with the receptacle on it and bottom left there's a picture lovely picture of constable odo which i thought you did you notice that gray no when you mentioned it i had to go back and look because I, I didn't see that at first yeah, yeah i'm glad i'm glad some way they were able to switch get him in because they had mentioned him not by name but Worf mentioned him we all knew who it was um and I, we had commented that we would like to have seen something somewhere uh of odo and they did, so that was kind of cool. It you was. Know, they got, uh, got him in. It was, and I would Very love nice. a starship to be named after him as well. The USS Odo sounds brilliant. Um, I'm sure they will, oh, the somewhere along the line. Um, they've done it for the Nog. They've done it for Ensign Nog, so definitely should mm-hmm. do that. Um, so, yeah, um, it is, he, he suggests go and find this receptacle because literally what they can do is there'll be a little bit of residue as there is with most DNA things. You can upload that to the, the computer and then you've got a changeling detector stroke scanner on your system. And I was like, well done, Shaw. You're still a dick, but you're a smart dick. I like that. Yeah, this is, it was a good idea. I like as well. Yep. It was good. Another piece of good writing. I mean, we keep on, we keep on finding so many little pieces of good writing in every episode that was just totally absent the first two seasons and totally absent in a lot of new Trek. Yeah. Um, you know, so. so I'm glad to see if they can keep Whoever the band of writers are that they have in the yeah. writing room, they need to keep them, number one. They then, in turn, need to train the other writers that don't get it. And then maybe we'll continue to turn out, you know, better stuff. Well, who do we product. thank for that? Terry, because he's the showrunner. And yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure, just on logic, I don't know this for a fact, on logic, the showrunner picks the writers or has a strong hand in picking the writers. Yeah. So he's picked guys that went... He, in fact, I know this for a fact because Terry mentioned this in an interview uh, from his show Five Monkeys, or was it 12 Monkeys? 12 Monkeys that wrote before. Yeah. The TV show, not the movie. He actually took some of these writers along with him, and some of them are probably Trekkies anyway. The other ones that are not Trekkies. He trusts their writing style. So, and sure. Terry, we trust. Well done, mate. Um, also... Credit go to do also to a couple of the executive producers like Akiva Goldsmith. He's probably the main executive producer that basically got Kurtzman to, to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> and even though Kurtzman's name may still appear, he's got nothing to do with it. Yeah. Um, Just by name only. Oh, yeah. 
And he's also been the brains behind Strange New Worlds too, so you see the the parallels. And His contract's running they're... out, Kurtzman, so thank God for that. Just like, oh, let yeah. Terry be the main guy for the whole thing, man. Yes, yeah, yeah do it, because he is a guy we trust. Um, yep. Yeah, good shout, good shout, Gray there. Uh, call out credit where credit's due. Um, so yeah, we like the writing here. Um, <laughs> cheeky little comment after, because I love this from Shaw. He's like, Seven, you know, he starts by calling her seven rather than Hanson. He's at seven. Like you, 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 you know, you'll make a great captain one day. You are a good person. You know, I'm sorry for what's happened. Pause is what I would say, and then seven goes if you weren't a dick. And he kind of little wry kind of <laughs> smile from, and I was like, yes, yeah. I like this scene too, Gray. I think you did also. Yeah, making an example of of how you would question a changeling, yeah. You're putting themselves into the yeah. into the thing. It was funny. Agreed. Just puts agreed funny. after. Just that's all you need to say. Agreed. Yeah, hundred percent. Yep. Um. Yep. So yeah, big fan of that. Um. Now, Ray's got something to put to this, and I'm glad because uh, it does make a little bit of sense. Though this scene is bloody weird. It's like something yep. out of a horror Star Wars type movie. It's weird. We 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 catch up with Vadik, which is good because I want to see more of the bad guy, the big bad, or we presume the big bad. Uh, she goes up to this receptacle thing, and then she like gets a knife out, and I'm thinking some very clanging of you, and cuts herself, like cuts herself, and then yeah, I'm trying to think like what does she want to bleed on? I don't yeah, like, just go, you're going to make a mess, man. Uh, so she cuts herself, and then very similar ooze comes out of her hand, as does the changelings. That's why I changeling. thought initially changeling. You know, I thought ah yeah, Definitely. she's yeah, and then this ooze kind of that comes out of her hand kind of forms up to be this little floating head thing that looks not Star Trek at all in the slightest. And he's very, the, you know, he seems like he's the bigger bad. And he's basically saying, bad, get into that nebula and chase after them, you know, chase after the Titan. He's like, I can't, you know, the, our, the portal weapon, for whatever reason, it's, it would cause issues if they go in. They don't tell you why. She just can't go in there with a the portal weapon. Have you also noticed that her whole demeanor changes? She goes from the crazy, bad, whacked out, whatever, to like, like, a, like a subservient dog, because she's going like, oh, yeah. I, I, but, 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 yeah. So yeah. she's really. This is the bigger know, bad, clearly. I think right. stage gray. And then I think the part where the bigger bad goes like, no, you have to go after him because you are all expendable, even you. And yeah. she's like, uh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> So literally, they detach. I mean, you don't see it happening. I always thought the portal weapon is where the deflector is, but it comes from somewhere in the ship. It looks like a little module thing, which it yeah. probably is. It's probably the engine because the points come out of the end of the talons, um, and the portal engine just kind of flies away, and then the the strike comes around, goes back into the nebula. The great doesn't think this is a changeling. It's someone riding along. If that's the case, why cut? Like I'm what? I'm really confused. It's such a weird scene. Okay, though. well, like I was saying, I don't think Vatic is the changeling because she wouldn't have to cut her oh, arm. No, it's too well, obvious, man. Right. So what I think could be happening or what is happening is somehow a piece of the big bad, a little piece of the big bad, was was grafted onto Vatic, that Vatic, Vatic, whatever she is, Vatic. who doesn't really have a hand. Either they cut it off or whatever happened. Uh -huh. So this little piece of the big bad is now the hand so that he can actually kind of ride with her right along. And then he can then 
contacting directly with her through the device because there was some kind of device when she cut her hand off it looked like it was going on to some type of communication something or other i don't know um so i really think that the bad guy is riding along in as, as part of him is with her how that's communication? why he, like how did it communicate like what because what, i think like anything else they're they're probably communicating through the great link via subspace in some manner or form uh, I mean, obviously, because the other changelings have to con- have not, to connect with the big boss at some it, point. It's here not there. via the Great Link because this is a rogue faction. They were kicked out of the Great Link, so they're That's not. They're, they're somewhere together, and a mini link, so a tiny link, a, a wee link. We'll call it a wee link now. Not a great link. Or they could maybe they got together <laughs> and somehow was it were able to form their like their you own said version. their own their own version, right? Yeah, a wee of, link. Of some because you'd have to. You can't just. You got to be able to tell your agents out there, like, yeah. kind of what to do. Sometimes, do you so, think this was a weird scene, though? I thought it was weird, man. Well, at Very first I thought it was weird, but then, but then when I saw what happened and how she connected to the to the big bad, then I said, okay, now I get it. You know, I, it, it makes sense to me, and I think it's actually pretty brilliant because it it is one way where the where the big bad keep close tabs on what's going on. They might explain it more. Like we might find out the next episode or two more what's going on, how this works, and that would help certainly from my right. point of view. Um, but yeah, we're seen, but you know, not bring it down really, just confuse me. Um, Seven's casually walking, and I, I thought this was a tiny bit of a issue, a silly thing. Seven's walking along casually with the receptacle for the the pot for this changeling instead of actually having it hidden or locked up or a security officer with it or something. Just casually walking along, two officers walk past her, one of them clocks it and immediately just pulls out his phaser, shoots the person he's walking with, turns around, vaporizes the bloody um the, the pot right of Seven's hand, and then there's a kind of a shoot him up between the two, but he kind of runs after Seven, and this noise they make when they're about to die. Very alien, not what I'm used to from changelings at all. Yeah, like a like a like a scream or something. Yeah, but it's it's that kind yeah. of alien kind of scream. It's not a nor it's horrifying. She just blasts them several times because the changelings take, as we see at one point, you need a, a direct phaser shot right at the middle on high yeah. set to kind of kill them. Um, and then he turns into this goo stuff, his usual form, um, residue, as she calls it. I like that. Yeah, Residue. Residue, yeah. Sounds like something neat. Uh, and then it, it goes through the, 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 the bulkheads and disappears. Like you're not going to find that anytime soon. So um like that little scene, little shoot him up there, but she was a bit too reckless with the pot. Like, hey, look what I got under my arm instead of locked up officer beside her. There, right there, I mean, there could have been a reason for that. I mean, remember, the whole crew has been gathering in common areas. And she doesn't trust uh, anyone. She's not allowed to trust anyone either. So Right, right. So she, I, I, could, I can go along with that one. The only thing, if you really want to nitpick a little, uh, was when was when the uh, changing fired on her and hit the pot. She could have just vaporized her totally with the pot. Yeah, yeah, maybe just yeah. such a good, accurate shot. Right. So, but you know, I'm not looking at it as really course, drawn. Any, you know, I, I like you could have also you, you could have also said that it could have been a lucky shot. He might have been aiming for her chest, and he she just happened to turn. You can't miss that, mate. Trust me. You know, and it hit the pot, so it's it, not it, a big deal. It's just a little you missed mistake. that comment. I think completely, didn't you? Yeah, probably. Aiming for her chest. <laughs> uh, wait, no, you're not missing that, it's Jerry Ryan. You're not. No, missing no, that, no, no, no. <laughs> we love Jerry Ryan. He's still good in her fifties, my man. Um, 
yeah, so back again, the 10 forward bar, very uh, the hollow representation of still in the present time. Um, Bacar's telling Crusher, Jack Crusher, sorry, he's telling Jack about Jack Crusher, his friend, and Beverly's original husband. They used to be pals at Starfleet back in the day. Uh, he's telling him a story about how they uh, escaped a shuttlecraft incident uh, by working together. The reason they were doing this, and I'm always a massive fan of this, it's like the card was basically, and Jack were basically doing this so they could go and get laid. These these chicks were basically giving them an invite to come over, and that's what Jack says at one point. He's like, we're trying to get laid. And he said, with an invite, I was like, oh my, you know. So it was funny. I put up with it. Um, and I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this, but Gray was okay with this because... Yeah, I was totally okay with it. Yeah. Well, first of all, he's not the one who said he was going to get laid. It was That's true. Jack that, that but he said didn't it. Deny it. One. He didn't deny it. No, true. But, but, but Picard is too classy to go like, yeah, I went down on the planet to get laid. He just, you know, Jack said it, of course, because being younger, he said it because he was being blunt. Yeah. You know, and Picard goes, we had an invite. I mean, come on. <laughs> so what do, you, what do we turn down an invite? We're going. And I figured, you know, look, they're young cadets and officers at the time. And of course, they're going to do a goofy thing once in a while. And this yeah. was it. And, you know, and so he also says an F-bomb as well, Picard, just after, doesn't he? And he's like, uh, uh, stuck in there for how many effing hours? And I was like, yep. whoa, what? Picard does, does not swear. I wasn't a massive fan of that as well. Again, Ray didn't mind too much because A, he's retired, yep. and B, they're not on any kind of shift. So They're not on duty. They're being casual. And another reason that I didn't really mention in the notes was the fact that, remember, when Next Generation was, was on many, many years ago, okay, it was Never on general, it was, it, it was syndicated TV, yes, and they yeah. couldn't get away with saying any of these words, It was before nine or something, wasn't it? And so. I guarantee you, if they had no restriction, they would have used the swear word here or there, depending, so. you know, in the right, in the right, in the right point, the right yeah. places. But here, they don't have to worry about that. So, again... It's just the same as, you know, you and I are not going to start, you know, yelling a lot of explicatives right now. But if you and I are casual, we might. We do. And that's what they were doing. They're just being casual. And they go, you know. Uh, only you only know. when it comes to James Gunn, then we actually start cursing and swearing. Because that well, that's different. Yeah, so that's, tune in for Gray's Green Room and you might get a rant. We're, <laughs> we're recording that next week. So, um, yeah. But yeah, so uh, uh, Picard uh, asked Jack if he's heard the story before, like, stop me if you've heard the story before kind of thing. But before Jack could reply, because he's about to, Shaw walks in. Again, this is connected to that first thing where, uh, have you ever been to 10 forward bar? Picard says to Jack, mm-hmm. and he's not getting a chance. He's either given too quick of an answer or he's not responding at all. I like that. It does come to a head, this one, actually. Shaw walks in, um, and... Here's where things get interesting. So, this was a very harsh moment, but done beautifully, done done right. Um, mm-hmm. Shaw says to Jack, "Have you? Has your old man just how we we've met?" And there's a quick kind of look from Ricardo to be like, "What? I haven't met." You know that kind of expression. Um, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah." Uh, I I met him. I was a grease monkey, an engineer back in the day. Um, and basically, long story short, um, it was during the Battle of Wolf 359. I'm glad that's brought up because 
you know, it's a significant moment in Star Trek Starfleet history. So he he basically tells he's very bitter at this stage. I don't know if he's been on the the sherbets or whatever, but um, he well, he, actually, he did say when he came into the bar that they he said that they uh, they've been pretty pretty free giving of the uh, dr- the meds I'm on. Oh yeah 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 he Remember? said that yeah but, but yeah he's like your mum your mum was like, rrr, rrr. was basically yeah. smashing old beds and yeah that's a good joke right actually yeah so he's basically in the mood where he's not holding back at all because he's feeling pretty chilled with all the meds. Um, yeah. But yeah, he basically rips into Picard and, you know, like, he tells a story of there was 10 people that were able to survive at the end on the last shuttle odd uh, shuttlecraft that was leaving and his lieutenant told him, his lieutenant commander told him to get in and he feels a bit guilty because he's one of 10 people that survived. But why me? Why not my lieutenant commander? Why no one else? And he's like, Basically, you you are in a position where you're so bad as Locutus of Borg. You're so bad. The, the, the real Borg, not... I like this little touch of ease, like, not that stuff that happened before, basically, with Car Season 2, but the real Borg are still out there, and I believe they are, actually. Um, and they, you're so bad, they gave you a name. I'm like, Locutus of Borg, you know? And then Jack yeah, is basically... In. Jack's trying to say, listen back you know stop and he's like no 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 fine Picard's like you know I I own up to what's happened before but you could just see Picard absolutely distraught I thought he was going to start crying man I was feeling horrendous for him at all now you don't yeah. see any flashbacks great this is an important thing to mention I thought they would do that but that'd be too expensive I get it but you uh, hear yeah, little subtle audio cues of red alert and screaming and stuff is just talking about this and it's very, you all, very you surreal. Also, you also hear very faintly, you actually hear Picard as the cutest. I missed that part. That's smart. Because I am the cutest aboard. That is right smart. Right there. How so did you like feel a... about that scene, Gray? I, I was both horrified and loved it, and I felt so sorry for Picard, but it was done, it was done well. I thought, I thought it was a great scene. I, I thought it was well acted. It was tense. I don't think it was necessary. It and is, the reason why... I'm not, but I'm not holding it against him or anything. Yeah, yeah. I, don't get me wrong. But here's, and this is just a little thing with me. I'm, they've are, they've mentioned Wolf Three Five Nine multiple times. Yeah, maybe done too series, much. Okay, yeah. and the one that was probably the most poignant was the one where uh, 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 Picard had his discussion with Cisco, and Cisco was really not happy with Wolf Three Nine, and they had they had a little tense talk between the two. That's pretty much all you need to know right there because that was such a great scene between the two of them uh, way back on the Deep Space Nine first episode, actually, I think. Um, so you knew. I was like, oh, wow, that's, ooh, that's tense, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. And they, that, So to me, that was the scene, the one that really hit home right there. So this, to me, was kind of like, okay, I get it. It was a good scene, not taking anything away from it, well acted, well written, but I don't think it was really necessary. At all. Fair enough. I understand your logic for that as well, actually. Um, one thing we forgot to mention, actually, see this whole time he's ripping into Picard, Shaw. The scene, the beginning of that scene, or was it seen before, the, a bunch of uh, younger officers come in and ask if they can join. Uh, right. And Picard says, yeah, please, please come in, the more the merrier. And you kind of forget about them because they're in the back. It's a kind of dark, kind of dingy bar. And you're like, forget about them. They, they, they just... 
fall away into the background. Um, and then after Hard walks out after getting grilled like that, he shot turns around and he's kind of like, because he's very emotional as well. He's like, he kind of apologizes for the behavior. He says, I wasn't, he's basically saying, I wasn't always a dick. Um, but, you know, things have shaped him to be the man he is today, and those experiences have made him kind of like that. So, well, he, I, I think the, the people that were in the bar, they obviously know Starfleet history, so they know what happens, not like yeah, yeah. stupid. Um, so, Shaw did more to embarrass himself, actually. And there was a part in the scene where he goes, uh, he was saying um, something like, I, I, like I, was, I was once charming, or take the word charming and replace it with asshole. So he was calling himself an a-hole. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. Basically, yeah. as, as, as he realized he went too far. Yeah. You know, oh, and stuff. That's so, your yeah. fault. I, 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 I am liking a show character. The guy that plays him is doing a bang yeah. up job, man. He really is. I didn't know yeah. this guy who, who played him, but, you know, I don't really care. He was brilliant. So. Yeah. Um, I personally, I would love. I, I, he's so good. I, and again, this is getting a little ahead of myself, maybe, but he's so good. I could see him in a show. I mean, he's good. Be the captain would be an of, a new, of, a, of a new enterprise, the enterprise. Well, not necessarily an enterprise, but I, but I, but it would. Oh, what you say? I, like, oh, yeah, I'm going, you're going too far there, Trevor. <laughs> I'm not going to go too that far, right? Shaw's not going to be enterprise. Sorry, you're not you know, enterprise you gotta, material, mate. You got to work your way up a little more than that. But I could see him in coming back and doing something. In other words, if you're going to bring back a character from this show, this season, I would bring back Shaw. I wouldn't bring back Raffi. Uh, if yeah, I'm making my now, now you see my point, right? Yeah, yeah. I would bring back him way faster than I would ever bring back Rafi. Agreed, man. Agreed, hundred percent. Um, so moving on, as Gray and I both knew, I mean, Gray called it initially, but I kind of agreed with him. Um, it seems this nebula is not a nebula. Of course, it's not. It is some kind of life form after all, because Beverly's coming to the conclusion that the burst of waves, which we were calling what well, I was calling their gasmatron wave because it seemed to like make them all buzz and enter uh, on on the bridge like the. Well, you you the actually weren't far from being wrong technically. Well, I think I mean, about it. Yeah, it, it, they're basically contraction waves that this life form is about to give birth, kind of, and they are waves of energy coming out. So there's something there. I mean, it's smart writing, um, and I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming with this idea. It made sense. Jack has a great idea to funnel the waves. Uh, as a power source and direct them directly into the warp nacelles. The idea being that the warp nacelles get into the warp nacelles and that'll travel down into the core itself and recharge everything so they can get the hell out of there. Um, and Jack sums up his point because he's British by going, Bob's your uncle, Fanny's your aunt. Now, Gray likes this saying, <laughs> I know, and so do I. So we're fans of that scene, weren't we, Gray? <laughs> I mean, just, just so you know, since I've gotten to know... Uh... Trevor here and a couple other people, you know, in the UK and stuff. I've, now I understand what the expressions mean. Whereas if I didn't, I wouldn't know what the hell he was talking about. But now that he said it, since I've been around, hung around you guys often enough, I was cracking up. I thought that was great. Yeah, F Fanny used was... to be a, a name, especially in Scotland back in the day. It used to be actually sure. a name. And without getting into too many details, because it's a PG show, and I know in America it means your backside. It's uh, it's 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 a lady's front bum in in the UK, so it means something yeah, completely different it. to us. <laughs> but it is a name, so um, sure. not used anymore. You would never call your kid that anymore. Anyway, yeah. right. So that was a nice chuckle. I like. See, this is when 
Marvel could learn a thing or two from, from Star Trek Grey. Insert humour yeah. at the right times and not make it a bloody comedy. Anyway, sorry, I right. digress. Right. Um, so they're going to, uh, to, to, to ride this wave like a, a sail, if you like. They have to be matching the speed of the wave so it can carry them out. It won't just pick them up and take them along. Again, smart writing. So put all your energy reserves into the thrusters to ride the wave. And first of all, I'm thinking... Like again, a surfboard. Yeah, like a f- surfboard. Nitpicking. Last I checked, thrusters use gas and not actual energy as in plasma or electricity or anything. So they should have plenty of that. But again, nitpicking Star Trek, maybe this is different kind of thrusters that actually use energy. But then are they not impulse engines? Yeah, small, yeah. small thing. So Yeah, it's just a little thing. Just sure. a small thing. Uh, but it makes sense. Channel all this power that's left into the thrusters. But Riker isn't up for the plan, Gray. Um, as being the, the good captain he is, he's like, regulations, blah, blah, blah. And then they're basically, Picard's like, come on, what, what we, you know, Ricard and Beverly have this little speech with them, which I like, Gray. I want your input in this as yeah. well. They're basically saying, listen, when we work together, like we've done in the past, we can get out of sticky situations. We've done it before. We can do it again. Uh, it's all about trust, trusting the guys around you. I love this writing, this scene here. Mm-hmm. It just felt very TNG, didn't it, Gray? No, to me, it meant a lot because aside from the original series, because I go all the way back to the original, um, next generation was my next step in from the original to the next, because when I was younger, once the original series ended and the movies were, you know, pretty much ending, I, I thought that's it, that there's going to be no more Star Trek. That's the end of that, you know, love it for what it was. And that's it. So when I heard that they were going to do next generation, I got bananas about it. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. They, they're really going to do this. So TNG to me is very important you know, second only to TOS. So when I started seeing the writing that they're doing and the care that they put into the writing, all of it started making sense. You started getting that really feel good vibe going on that you used to feel with the whole crew of TNG. And they really made an important point, as you stated, that you work as a team because everybody in your team are experts. And so when you work as a team, you can you may be able to get yourself out of anything. Now they didn't they didn't go so far to say, oh yeah, we're a team and this is going to automatically work. No, they didn't say that. They just said that look, if we're going to go out, we're going to go out yeah, in, uh, in a bang, and yeah. we're and we're going to try to do everything we freaking can to exploit what we got. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, then nice seeing you. Yeah, you know. So they so I like that because the old writing probably would have went, we can do this, no problem. You know, and then they just do it. They have no explanation to it, right? Yeah. But this was good writing because it says, look, we're all going to, we may all die. There's lots of reasons why we're gonna, we could die from this, but damn it, we're going to give it a shot and we're going to do the best we can. Gonna and get, that was just yeah. absolutely great. That was absolutely she's got, great. Captain. Um, and, 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 the, and the good thing is Riker really is listening to this and then he's starting to get the, you know, it, again, it's making an impression on him to go, you're right, you know, we were a team i forgot that you know for a moment yeah you know and stuff and yeah that's that's when and then he starts then he starts getting into it and going like okay yeah so we could do this or we could do that and like okay yeah he adds that's a good point actually he actually adds in how we can improve it he gets right into the plan yeah i forgot about that that's a good point um has the riker actually leads into uh when they 
confirm the plan, he actually gives a little nice inspiring speech to uh, the crew. I always wondered how yeah. an all hands yeah. works. Where are these microphones that pick them up that are so good they get to the whole ship? I mean, it's the future at Star Trek. They're probably phenomenal. I could do with one of them well, right now. Actually, to be honest with to be honest with you, that's the I don't know about. I'm assuming it's the same with your Maybe Navy. Maybe it's combat. But, uh, but over here, the U.S. Navy and I'm sure in the U.K. Navy, etc. And all hands means that it's a button you press that literally lights up every freaking speaker anywhere on the freaking ship. Period. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's no way to escape it, even in the bathroom. <laughs> okay, so I'm, ser I'm serious. You're in, you're, in, so you're that, in with the paper, just trying to enjoy your number two, and oh, come on, Captain. But of course, the, the amount of times that they actually use that are very few and far between, depending yeah. on the situation. But that's like what that. it's meant for. Once you, once you hit that button, no there's no way you can stop that, that transmission. You are going to hear it, period. One way or another, yeah. It was a yeah. nice little speech from Riker. He's He's basically saying, listen, I, I know I haven't been here long uh, and you don't know me that well, but as any good captain would do, I know a little bit about you guys as well because he's obviously tried to read up a little bit about the guys that are on the ship, which is smart. I like that. It's a bonding moment with these guys. They all respect and respond to Riker really well throughout this series so far, actually, on the Titan. Um, I think we're thinking well, let's, 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 let's remember something now. Even though the crew... And he and Riker, and again, good writing. Riker came out and didn't want to just say, I'm Riker, I'm a legend, you know, that kind of thing. He just he cared about them, he cared about their feelings and stuff. But at the same time, those people know that he's a legend. So when he opens his mouth, they're gonna listen, you know, oh, yeah. regard, regardless. But he was being a bigger man and he and in the way that he talked, and that made total sense. So it was excellent. Excellent written speech, and, and he obviously delivered it well. Yeah, that yeah, was great. Yeah. It was another great. It was it was another great moment because at this point in the episode, when you're seeing this stuff happening now, back to back to back, you basically are riveted to the screen, and you're not you're not moving. Oh yeah, and that and that's another thing, the sign of a good episode. If you can actually just sit there and just go, uh, 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 and you're not you're not doing anything, you're just kind of like what go, 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 you know, you got it. Go 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 like what, Gray? Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> flipped. Oh, but, I'm not going to do that. But you know what I mean. You're yeah, you're yeah. totally that was me. You, that was me. You, oh, that was me too. And you don't for for those few seconds that those things happen, those mm -hmm. moments, you don't even know in a sense. And you know what I mean by this. You you don't even know where you are. You're just in the episode. Everything around you doesn't matter for a few seconds. Yeah, and that's, that's when that's... you know you actually accomplished what you set out to do in your, yeah. in your writing. Very hard to do. Not many people do it, actually. So well yeah. done, Terry and uh, his writers. Um, so Picard, actually, at this point, goes to Shaw for help. And he's like, you know, I'm the last person you maybe want to see. He's like, but, you know, you're the only guy that knows these old nacelles because they're one of the original parts of the ship. You're the only one that knows them. Uh being a grease monkey, but you know, despite being a dipshit from Chicago, because that's what <laughs> he said originally when he was talking to Picard in the Locutus of War comment that he was a grease monkey, he was a dip dipshit from Chicago. But then Picard's basically like, I would like your help despite being a dipshit from Chicago. To what Shaw pauses for a moment and goes, Nice, 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 nice comeback. Yeah. And I like that. I was nice like, cover. He's respecting yeah. that, man. You know, I was like, Picard, well done, mate. 
That hit home nicely, didn't it, Gray? In other words, another thing that's just a small little thing, but it makes it's great. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we both gets the message across. We both enjoyed that thoroughly. That, but that was that got the message across. There was a, a little bit of mutual respect formed between them at this moment there, just a little bit. Um, and because Shaw is an old grease monkey, and the 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 because the thing is the the Titan is a is is the A because it's an A, it's a refit. And the nacelles are at least partially the same as they're older technology. So they've been maybe added to, but the, the core of them is still the same. And Shaw, because they're 20, 20 years old, he knows how they work. So they get him involved. He's got a, he's a guy that knows how to open the vents in the side so they can suck everything in. Um, why the the b- bizarre collector's not been used, I don't know. Let's assume that no power well, they couldn't. They- no, I think what they I think this whole thing was pretty genius in the writing because they've never ever done that before. Doesn't mean that you couldn't do it, but there was never a reason to do it. And if you if you remember they said that there you can't do it unless you really know your way around it. Yeah. So it was almost like a like we always say, it was almost like a Scotty moment, you know. He's the only guy because he understands it how to get around it because you're not supposed to get around it. You're not what, you don't what, don't what, mess what with it. What about the bizarre collectors? Does that not what's supposed to bring gases into the ship? The what, 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 what are the red bits at the end? Bizarre collectors called? The red bits that suck uh, in the gas. Star Trek Insurrection was a perfect oh, uh, right, example. Oh, right, right. Okay, I remember Riker sucks everything in where they use the joystick and he's like, I'm going to ram it down their throats. They can bring in stuff that way. But then I, yeah. it, it, I mean, I'm not nitpicking, I'm just asked the question. Maybe it, yeah, can, I only, think it can only bring in gases, whereas this isn't right. a gas, this is energy. So it has to go straight into the nacelles, I think. You know, so. I mean, basically, they're they're showing you that this is something that you really shouldn't do. There's, oh you no, yeah, you, yeah, you just shouldn't do it because you're gonna blow yourself up. You know, so this is something that you just you just do not do. Period. No one's ever done it. You don't do it. Yeah. But they uh, they were forward they were forward thinking, and because again, good for Shaw that he realized that if it can be done, he's the only one that can do it because he knows how to jury rig it, and that's what he did. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah so. Yeah, well. It was, it was good. It was perfect. I like I like the fact that they were able to bring Shaw back in to do something that was vitally important. You know, which showed that regardless of some of his views, he's there for the team, right? Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. We keep talking about. It. Um so yeah. uh, at this stage, Riker, um I like this little touching moment here. Riker actually goes out of the chair. As he says, you know, the captain's chair, he says, You know how to fly blind after your story about Jack Crusher before well, it makes sense that you have the chair, and he looks at him and he goes, "Okay." Takes the chair, and there's little TNG kind of music in the background yeah. as he takes it. And I'm thinking, nice. I like this little moment. And then he starts right, okay. Instructions: you do this, you do that, blah blah blah. And he's like, "Good luck, everyone. We can do this, you know." And then the traditional pause, and then engage, engage the proper way. <laughs> I was like, "Yes, come on, my man." Love. There you go. What, great. What did it give you? Trek goosebumps. Trek goosebumps. They they <laughs> they are different from normal goosebumps. They are right. a massive step up from your normal goosebumps. Um, it was just like I was like cheering the screen when he when he did that. I'm sitting there going, "Yeah, do it." <laughs> no, he, it was he's, he's not kidding. Gray probably generally did do that. To be fair. Oh, I was doing that. No doubt. And I was just like, you. I was just loving the moment. You know, I just like, and when the, when I finished the episode, I went back on that one especially. One a couple other little scenes, but that one especially. I went back to rewatch that a couple times. <laughs> I I usually rewatch them twice because I do a lot of the notes. Yeah, so, but, yeah, um, I have to. Um, 
But yeah, so I like that little moment. Uh, we then see Shaw and Seven down in engineering. That's you only see a tiny bit of engineering. It's a shame. I know I get it; it's expensive. I wanted to see the warp core, everything. We haven't yeah. seen that in Star Trek for a while properly. So, yep. but it's okay. I'll forgive them this time. We see this console they're working on. They're fiddling about. Shaw's fiddling about with things. Um, and seven steps away for a moment to check that the work he's done is actually working. He's like, go away and check something. Right, okay. And then the moment she leaves, suddenly Lafors walks in and is like, I'm here to help. And I was like, I smell a changeling. And then so does Shaw. He's like, uh-oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, you can pass he was, Yeah, he wasn't sure. But what you But you know, now remember... If you remember earlier in the scene, Shaw was the one that told Seven that, like, if you were the changeling, where would you go? And she said, "I would, we, you would come right here to where we are." Yeah, did that say that? That start. That did scene. say that. So they're both kind of like, okay, so we have to be on our guard a little. We, yeah. And sure enough, you see LaForge come in, and as soon as she, as soon as she walked in, I already knew. Uh, no oh yeah. Sense. I mean, but seeing that, no if you're which dumb- is perfect. If you're dumb in the slightest, you might get it because she does walk in like, listen, I want to, I was told to come down and help, you know, like uh, my, my dad's the engineering genius, you know, LaForge, right. hello, you know, I know a thing or two and she probably does. So it does make sense. But this, you, you're talking to the captain, you talk to Seven here who stepped away for a moment and he's like, yeah, okay, they pass the spanner down and she's asking a question. She's like, if you get one of the cells open, you can power the ship, but you can't go to warp. And he's like, yeah. I think I slightly disagree with that comment. I've seen ships go to warp with one this cell, but I'm not going to nitpick this time. Um, and he's like, yeah, that's true. She grabs the, the spanner. And I think as she's about to probably whack him, the phaser just comes to her head, seven step back in, and she's like, yeah, nah, I smell a changeling. I smell changeling all over you. Um, and she does say... I, 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 I... I also think to back up for a second. I think the whole scene where Shaw was going like, "Yeah, I think he was just saying almost he's anything." Along. Because he's he, playing along, yeah. Because yeah, he already knew. Yeah. You remember when he had that tool in his hand, whatever the heck that he tool put was? His mouth, yeah. yeah he, he was gripping it like this though. At one point, I'm going like, "Oh, he's gonna stab, stab him." Yeah. I was waiting to see him just go. He not stand a chance. Seven makes a good point mm. though. She does say to Sydney, she's like, "We purposely said." We don't want anyone to come down. And she's like, oh, come on. I, I, I know how to help him. Yeah, but it's, but it's me. It's, it's me. Yeah, it's yeah, Sydney, it's you know, and she's like, she's like, it's, 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 it's me, Commander. And she went, Commander, what? And I was I was thinking, say, you know, like like Heisenberg from Breaking Bad, say my name. Uh, and she, you know, she goes, Commander Seven. And then, boom, z- evaporated on the spot. Oh, wait. Evaporated. Uh, she's like, she's like right. Commander Hansen. She's Commander Hanson, sorry, yes, thank you for picking me up in that grey, yeah. Yep. Commander Hanson. And then, boom. <laughs> and she's never called her that. Those two have a close relationship where she, she calls her by her actual name, which is Seven, not her human name, so there's that respect. So that's why she gets killed. Not vaporised, but just killed. Um, I like that. Shaw saw it coming, but still nice. He's probably got no teeth left yep. after gripping onto that so bloody tightly. Um... That was a nice little scene, um, and they managed to get both of the the cell covers mm-hmm. open just in time. Just in time, literally. Um, I, I actually like that CGI scene. It was kind of neat. You see them just kind of like, psh, and they go, psh, they like, meca- like very that. mechanical, great, cool. wasn't it? Nothing yeah. like 
the future of like Discovery seasons four and five kind of thing. Very, very mechanical. Um, now Jack has a, a more of a part to play in this, which I like because I don't want to be like a, a third testicle. You know, I just want to have something productive to do, and he did. Picard's like, listen, Jack, I need you asteroid spotted because the sensors are down. You know, so he's using some kind of rudimentary basic scanning system that they've got. To keep yeah, almost like a old style sonar radar. Kind of like, yeah, not the fancy yeah, sensors safety. we're used to. Right, yeah, exactly. Backup systems that you would almost never use, but in this case, exactly. You know, and, all you got. And he is doing a cracking job of it. At one point, he's like, mm-hmm. oh, "Hold, wait in that one four seconds. Trust me." And you know. There's some close shaves where the Titans like narrowly just missing some asteroids, but they get out of it okay. Just as they es- they're about to escape again, the bloody strike every single time they try and leave. You knew that was up. coming. Oh, ah, yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. They can see the open in the distance. Strike sitting there all menacing, and then Riker. This is very reminiscent of Star Trek Insurrection, uh, where let's say he uses the gas and ignites it into the sonar's face. Um, he does something similar here. He's like, see that asteroid? Lock on to it and send it to these coordinates, right? Tractors this asteroid, cuts it at the right time by, you know, and then hitting the thrusters at the right angle so that this asteroid goes underneath them and then goes bang, smack into the strike. And I could almost see him going, how you like them apples? Because that was revenge grave from throwing the Elios at the Titan yeah, at the very the Titan. I love that scene. I'm presuming you did as well. And the other thing, uh, in case people are wondering, you know, too, like how much force can the asteroid have? Well, remember, you say force they're going can. forward. They're going, they're going forward at a heavy momentum, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, the Titan yeah. is really moving. So grabbing the asteroid and then just putting it in the path means it's some calculations. basically... Right. It's, a, it's basically going as fast as the, as the Titan is moving forward. Yeah. So it's not much. It's just there. Just sit there and just nudge it in the way. Yeah. And I'll tell you, that was a big damn asteroid. I think it was all it was about two thirds the size of the ship. Yeah. Of, of the na- of the uh, strike. And I'd love you to see it go bam. And it's almost like bouncing off, and the thing goes. And bear in mind, it's like when the Elios hit the Titan. Shields are not designed for kinetic impact. They are designed for energy absorption. So while it helps somewhat, as in they don't break any pieces, the energy has to go somewhere. And it does go into the ship and it blows a bunch of systems. The Shrike's not quite dead in the water, but it's not warping away for at least an hour. So was the bloody hour. It's not warping away for an hour and they, they have to hang about for a bit. They're, you know, it's, it's yeah. banged up. Yeah. It's banged They're up. messed up. Yeah. They're messed up. Um, and then Beverly says, I'll give you this line. What does Beverly say, Gray? I love this. <laughs> uh, Beverly says, well, did you, says, Will, did you just throw an asteroid? <laughs> And then Riker just comes out, goddamn right I did. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. that. Reminiscent of Star Trek Insurrection, where the officer asks what your intentions are. Are your intentions to uh, get, throw it down the, the sonar's throat? And, 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 and basically, Riker's like, yeah, I'm going to ram it down their throats. And when he pulls it off, the officer turns around and almost that look in her face like, I, I want you right now. You know, like, she's like... I'm hugely turned on and impressed by what Riker just pulled off. We'll call that the Riker Maneuver 2.0, but 1.0. So, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Great little scene. So good. Um, how I, Why didn't he just launch a bunch of bloody torpedoes? Uh, they, they must have assumed that the portal weapon was still there, Gray. 
anything you Probably, throw but, kinetic. But the, right, but the other thing is, if they threw the if they threw photons on it, they they know well enough that again because they're going to energy absorb the shields may not have done enough. Yeah. So throwing yeah. something this massive is going to knock them out of commission at least for whatever short time. They only needed a few seconds. Yeah. You know, you know, and they did, and they were able to warp away. Yeah, which is another great scene. You see it finally getting its power in the. Oh gone. yeah, yeah, yeah. You do, you do. Um, we cut my stat out. Um, you know, just before they kind of the boost away though, you do see all these little space babies getting born from the mother, and yeah. I am ninety five percent sure it's the same species as encountered at Farpoint Station. Gray, you agree with that? It you did look that? like that. Yeah. Very much like that, but with better CGI, understandably. Mm -hmm. um, and I knew Terry would do that because you're pulling from good Star Trek, and that's what he likes to do. That's all right. You're borrowing. You're not overusing something. So, no, yeah. Um, I'm it's glad something that went before. Yeah. And like I mentioned uh, mentioned the notes, that they actually mentioned Encounter at Farpoint in, earlier in the episode. Yeah, that's true. It that's was actually true. Picard that mentioned it. When Beverly started talking about this, he's going like, "We, yeah, we we experienced that before at Farpoint." Yeah, um, this is true. This is true. Um, all, all good. So you see the, you see the it, it get enough power to then just zoom out of there and warp out. It's got it's got its full power back more or less, which is nice to see. Uh, but you see it going along, and you do see a big mass. I think this is where the Elios must have hit it—a massive dent. In fact, it's maybe oh, a yeah. hole in the front, man. It just. Yeah, it definitely ruptured the, the yeah, ruptured it for sure. You see it. 100%, yeah, it's, it's bashed up for good. It's still fighting shape, but, you know, it's, uh, it's bashed up. Mm. Um, now, we come into this, this bit's come to a conclusion. We go back again to five years, and it's the end of the, the story time that Picard was telling the, the young officers. Um, and then someone in the background pipes up a question. It's his son, Jack Crusher. Bear in mind, this is five years prior. And he's asking Picard, like Admiral Picard, did you Starfleet your whole life? Was did you not have any other adventures outside, like personal stuff, family, did you have family, or that kind of thing? And he's looking very inquisitive and sad at this time, Jack. And Picard said, he didn't have a clue who he was. He went, looks around, and went, Starfleet's the only family I've ever needed, young man. And then you just right. see Crusher look distraught, and then you see all the officers are like, can I, can I give that a clap and a, a nod of approval? And there you go. The whole time, we've touched on this like two, three times throughout this review. Earlier on, right, uh, uh, Jack was there, but he tried to answer the question a couple of times and quite couldn't. He knew who he was five years ago, I think. So yeah. with Beverly, is like, he didn't want anything to do with you. And, you know, Picard's like, why? And he doesn't. Jack doesn't get Picard to answer to this, Gray. But now you no, know. I think, he, I think he kind of wanted to. He asked that question right five time. years ago, and yeah. he saw that he's not interested in family, so I don't want anything to do with him. That makes sense now. Again, good writing. Yeah. The way they've done that, brilliant. Um, so it is pretty. Everything sad. Got, everything was linked together, and then you saw during towards the end of the episode, you obviously see. Picard looking at Jack in a different way, and then all of a sudden it's starting to click. Yeah, and he's going like, and he's going like, oh, holy crap, that was him. Yes, back then, five years ago. Oh man, and then it all starts going click, 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 click. You know, making sense. Yep. You know, to to Picard. So that was cool. It kind of something triggers in his memories. Like, oh shit, what have I done <laughs> or not done? Um, 
and then pretty much at the end of the episode, Riker has a, a little nice moment on uh, mm-hmm. a, a video call with his missus, Deanna. And I hope we get to see her in person at one point. Come on. Um, we will. And he's basically, you know, saying something about the galaxy is a big, beautiful place. We saw something amazing today, blah, blah, blah. And then Deanna goes, that is the most beautiful thing I've heard you say in a long time. And he goes, I know. Because he's been so closed off since his son died and he's been so down. And he's like, I need to start living. You know, I need to live for my son. I need to live for you. You know, and he apologizes and he says, that's on me. I'll fix that. And I'm thinking, good, good. Like, you're chilled yeah. out now, Riker, because you're, you've got your marriage is in trouble. You potentially are being a crap father to your daughter and you're being a crap best friend to Picard. So... He is but only on briefly. The mend. Only yeah, briefly. only briefly. They fixed that, and that's good. Hey, they're allowed to have a ding dong, those two, and and Picard and, and Riker as well. They're allowed to, as long as it's not for too long and they give context and meaning to it. And they did. Um, so, yeah, that's on the mind, which is good. Jacket, this bit here, the very, very end scene is Jacket the mirror, get himself a wash, and he sees, he has some kind of visions in the background. And he hears a voice, you know, a woman saying, find me, find me. It sounds like Varric, but I'm not sure. What did what was your take of that, Gray? I, what? I, I, I don't know who that was. I don't know about Varric. But the weird thing I noticed, though, is that this psychedelic scene or whatever you, he's experiencing, you see these red branches going everywhere. Yeah, like a tree notice or that. something. Yeah, yeah. Right. Now, I also noticed that when the scene, I don't know if it was this episode or maybe it was the prior episode, where the changeling knocked out um, uh, Jack, and Jack hit the floor, and he started breathing the air, and he's starting hallucinating. He looked he up at the changeling, yeah. and behind the changeling, changeling was this weird red, you know, whatever, this red branch from yeah. a tree. Yeah. So now there's a connection. Like, what is this? What is the red branch things? In, what is the significance in the story? Because we obviously good. aren't done. There's still bigger bigger things going on. Ah, still six episodes uh, to go, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you even saw, like, at the end, which I thought was kind of cool, too. At the very end, you see uh, Admiral Card personal log, Stardate, da-da-da, just like you would in the, yeah, but in he's the regular retired. episode. He's retired, man. He's still an admiral, though. It doesn't matter. So he just, but he did his normal thing. He, 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 he you know, talked in the log and said there's a bigger thing going on. You know, we got to get to this. You know, whatever. Yeah. And then the yeah. ship flies away, which is perfect. Yeah. So no. it's really, it's really unfolding very nicely. It is perfect you know. pace as well. Um, I, I didn't actually give it an eight out of ten, but you know, Gray inspires me sometimes. So I actually, after talking <laughs> over with it and watching it twice, it does deserve a bit more. No, I gave it a nine out of ten. It's not quite perfection. Very close to it. It's a nine out of ten. I enjoyed seeing the crew work together, both new and old, um, and doing what they do best in the old days and troubleshoot an issue and get out of a life or death. I mean, no, not many crews would have done that, Gray, got out of the situation they were yeah. in. They would have stuck by, let's save our power and someone will find us, is Riker State's regulation. But no one was ever going to find them. They are outside Federation space. Most of the yeah. fleet, the vast majority of the fleet are off doing Frontier Day, they're getting no bloody help. So, enjoyed seeing that. Now, Gray, what's your, what was your score and, and why? Um, I went 10 out of 10, and the reason I did it was because I just, regardless of the little nitpicking, and it truly was only nitpicking, oh, yeah. um, everything for me from top to bottom totally was written so well, and there were so many moments, as we pointed out in this review, 
where simple little things that we've always complained about before, just put one bloody line in that will explain stuff. What's so hard? Oh, yes. You know, and then all of a sudden they're doing it throughout the episode, which is which is the way you should write. That's the way it should always be written. That makes sense. You should ex- you should expect good things like that. So the whole script and the way they plotted it out, the the things that they wrote, all made sense. The whole thing about visiting Ten Forward five years ago, how it connected to Jack, and you, and you and you realize it at the end. It was a whole interesting That's subplot probably... that took that took nothing away from the main one. Yeah, but all blended in just fine. It wasn't and wasn't overdone or ridiculous or anything like that. So everything just was was clicking. Yeah, and whoever you know, wrote it is respect Greg. respect whoever wrote this mm-hmm. done a bag up job didn't they and uh, even and even uh, though we've mentioned it before the same thing the music was also perfectly timed in just the right little places here and there yeah. you know like when the when the titan was finally got fixed was fixed up sort of you know when it absorbed the energy and it was getting back to normal you heard a little bit again of the enterprise suite for motion picture or and, yeah. and other music like that just just a little just Subtle. enough. It was only a few seconds, but it, but those few seconds mean a lot yeah. because it was just like, yeah, that makes sense, and then it you know takes off. Yeah. So all that kind of stuff, together with the rest of the music, just all blends in just fine. Yeah, it does. So it's just uh, you know, on a cry. You know, and now they and essentially in the first four episodes, they're easily they're easily averaging eight more eight and and, and even nine out of ten in every episode. Yeah. So, heck, man, you can't ask for better than that. No, you cannot. You know, I mean, well done, guys. Overall, so far, just keep it up, and we'll have a, a winner on our hands. Um, but yeah, that's 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 us to the end there. You remember, it was such a good episode mm-hmm. that we talked a little bit longer than we usually do, but it it, it was required, I think. Um, sure. So yeah, of course, uh, the usual quick call to arms. Um, we always appreciate uh, comments below what you like and dislike, but obviously, cheeky uh, thumbs up and subscriptions are always welcome. Um, and of course we do the audio platform as well and whenever you listen to podcasts at the Trekway as well so you can listen to us as well um, and on Twitter at the Trekway as well um, don't forget Grey and I will be next week we do uh, we do uh, Grey's Green Room which is kind of entertainment mm-hmm. in general and we'll be recording next week for you guys and he can be found uh, on YouTube and podcasting platforms at Grey's uh, Green Room as well and on the Twitters um, yep yeah, um, I think that's us for uh, until next week, Grace. So uh, until then, thanks for coming along, mate, and uh, do your thing. Live long and prosper, everybody. See you later, guys. Bye-bye. Bye.